Welcome to Cybility Savvy, the show that demystifies cybersecurity for not-for-profit boards and leaders. Hello, I'm your host, Michaela Leoborg, founder of Cybility Consulting. It's October, which means that today I'm going to be talking to you about Black History Month. Um, no, that's not right. Uh, Breast Cancer Awareness Month. What? No? Uh, okay. Cybersecurity Awareness Month. Excellent. Thank you. So what is Cybersecurity Awareness Month? It's celebrated all across the world. And why is it so important for you as leaders? As we spoke about in the last episode, cybersecurity being the protection of those interconnected systems is really important throughout the year, not just this month. The benefit of this month is that there's lots of organisations providing you with free resources to help your education and awareness programme. And as you're a leader, you can lead the way this month on this topic. You'll have heard the phrase, cybersecurity is everyone's job. The problem is, if it's everyone's job, then everyone thinks somebody else is doing it. With the pandemic and lots of people working from home as well, this hybrid uh, situation we've got now, you actually need everyone to be their own personal security teams. So this year's theme is do your part, be cyber smart. So what does it actually mean to be cyber smart? There's three key things here. Passphrases, multi-factor authentication, two-step verification, and patching, doing all the security updates. If you can get people just doing these three things this week, then it will actually make a huge difference, especially if your charity is not for profits where you're relying on people using their own equipment, then you need them to be, as I said, be their own security team and actually doing this. So first of all, let's have a quick chat about passphrases. Now, people who have worked with me will know that I've been a fan of these for quite a long time. And we always used to talk about password to passphrase. So what is the difference? A passphrase is a combination of unrelated words that's easy to remember, perhaps something that you can sort of picture, like, I don't know, a dog, a bed and a football. And I might be picturing the dog with the football on the bed. Nice, easy picture for me to remember. That's my passphrase. However, dog is only three characters. Bed is only three characters. It's actually better if you can make sure that each word is at least five characters long. So why don't we say instead, corgi, football, divan. It works. And also, a lot of systems now don't require you to have the extra special characters and numbers and lowercase and uppercase. It is better to do that. But for those who struggle with that, if your system can support 15 characters of lowercase, that's absolutely fine. The longer the password, the stronger it is. Generally speaking, of course. Another place that passphrases are really important is the local administration on that system. Chances are that if you've got people using their home computers, then they are likely to be the administrators of those machines because there aren't many people, uh, unless you work in security like me, um, who have two separate accounts. One for doing your sort of standard everyday business and then a separate one 
only for administration tasks. I would certainly encourage you to check at least with your IT and make sure that they're doing that at work, if not at home. Let's move on to multi-factor authentication. Now, this is still part of identity and access management. If an attacker guesses a password or it's been breached already and they use it and get into another system because somebody hasn't used unique passphrases on each system or website, and that's a key thing that can help improve security, you know, don't use the same password everywhere, then um, the multi-factor authentication is effectively another layer. So something you have, something you are, and something you know are the things that we talk about. So in this case, the something we know is our passphrase. In terms of something I am, that might be facial recognition or fingerprint recognition. And some of you might have seen how banks nowadays are also doing voice print recognition to help cut fraud. And then the other way is something you have. And this is quite common in organisations, certainly larger ones. So it might be you have a app on your phone, some authenticator, and I'd always recommend doing that if it's available. Then there's the SMS text messaging, which is again, another method of getting you to confirm who you are in terms of having possession of that phone number, being able to receive that text message. Now it's not foolproof. So again, I'd recommend the app over the text message option if available to you. Say for example, in the NHS, you're very used to using these smart cards. So using the RFC technology. And again, there are lots of options. YubiKeys are other physical options. Depends on the system. And of course, now uh, Microsoft are hoping to actually get rid of passphrases uh, altogether. So uh, watch this space. Now, just a key word about multi-factor authentication. It can be the difference between your organisation being hacked or not. In particular, People with, for example, Microsoft Office 365, if you are serving your content, say SharePoint Exchange on the web so that your users can access it remotely or using your software as a service, then if it's only the passphrase that somebody needs to get in, that's really putting your whole organisation at risk. It is going from sort of relatively low risk to incredibly high risk, especially when you think that the security you might have in the office isn't there at home. So one of the most important things you can do for yourself to keep yourself safe at home as well as at work is have a long, strong passphrase, enable multi-factor authentication on the app. So the final thought for this week is those security updates. Not just the mobile updates on your phones, but operating system updates on laptops, PCs at work, the different applications you use. Your routers that give you access to the internet. When was the last time you updated those? And going back to our first point, did you update it with a passphrase or was it still the default password that uh, it was when you got it? If so, time to change it this week. The other thing to understand about software updates is that it's not just about functionality. There's quite often security fixes in the background. 
So don't think, oh, I don't want that feature and leave it. Go ahead and update anyway. And if you're a larger organisation with perhaps an IT department or an outsourced IT service provider, check, do you have software updates in the contracts? Are they actually doing them? Your servers, your desktops, your applications, ask the question. And if it's not happening, then start a program to really address that. Because it's again, one of those key things that can make a huge difference. Attackers shouldn't still be able to compromise a system with a 15 year old vulnerability, but it still happens every day. Okay, so I think as a leader, those three things that you can focus on this week and really get that message across to your staff and volunteers is do your part, be cyber smart. What does it mean to be cyber smart? It means we use long and strong passphrases of 15 characters or more, ideally. It means we enable multi-factor authentication where we have the opportunity to do so. And finally, doing those security updates across all the technology, which might be a console that your kids are playing with, for example, or very importantly, those routers that give you access to the internet. So this week, you're going to turn your staff into their own security teams. Good luck. That's it for now. Thanks for listening. If you found this useful, please subscribe and share on Twitter and LinkedIn. I would also appreciate it if you could take a moment to rate and leave a review. You can contribute to future episodes by visiting our website to share your cybersecurity concerns and questions. The link is in the description. This show was written and produced by me, Michaela Leavorg, and co-produced and edited by Anna Garner. Music by CFO Garner. I hope you join us next time.